Well, hey, it's time again for stories from Bittersweet Farm. Today's story is called Regular Maintenance. It's chapter 19 from my first book, Sunset on Summer. The house is quiet. There are the sounds that children make when they're sleeping. There's the gurgle and the bumping of water traveling through the heater pipes. I'm in the upstairs master bedroom. Lois will join me soon for a long winter's nap and set the fan to whirring. But right now, things are quiet. An occasional car purrs through the neighborhood only a few an hour this late in the evening. We once lived in an old farmhouse at the end of a long lane in a valley surrounded by fields and woods and trees, birds and rabbits, deer, possums, groundhogs, skunks, raccoons, and wild turkeys. We woke up every morning to the sound of the morning dove in the high pines in the front yard and a hundred bird songs. Our bedroom was on the first level. My study was on the second level in a garret. The children's rooms were also on the second level. A screen porch wrapped around our bedroom, and on midsummer nights when it was cool enough, you could turn off the fan and open both doors to the screen porch and listen to the sounds of the night. I once read an essay about crickets that gave a formula for calculating the temperature by listening to how far apart the chirps were. Usually I just crawl out of bed and go over to the window and read the thermometer. I don't remember the equation, but I do know no one her, no one hermetically sealed into air conditioning could have slept more peacefully. There's one noise here that I don't remember hearing anywhere else. It's a steady rhythmic ticking of a wall clock hanging over my dresser. We've had it for nearly 20 years. It was a gift to Lois on our second Christmas together. It was a great improvement on the first gift I gave her, a pink wool suit that she tried hard to convince me she liked. The clock has to be wound regularly. It's a problem for me. I like low-maintenance things. I had an ivy plant in college. I think I bought it at a garage sale the summer after my senior year in high school. Thought it looked good in my dorm room at college. Touch of home. Never had a plant before, but it just seemed like a good idea. You know, soft classical music, two serious scholars, and a thriving dorm plant. My roommate was one of those types who always changes his oil every 2,000 miles, gets regular reviews on his insurance coverage, brushes between meals, and fastidiously types his class notes between lectures. After walking past my struggling plant for a fortnight, he took pity on it and began to give it water and drank like a thirsty man. Within a few days, the plant took new life. A week later, Paul, who always wears his galoshes on rainy days, adopted the plant and put it over on his side of the room by the window. Before the end of the term, it had gone from peeking over the edge of the pot to climbing confidently up the window and was as bushy as the hair on the guys in your 1970s high school yearbook. Regular maintenance is a cool thing. I got to work on that. My dad once asked me if my car battery was a no-maintenance battery, and I said, aren't all car batteries no-maintenance? But I digress. Let me finish telling you about the clock. The clock stopped working dependently when it was a few years old, We kept it for sentimental value, and like they say, it still told the right time twice a day. But other than looking nice to people who drove by on the road outside, it had little value. 
So for years, we faithfully dragged it wherever we moved and dutifully hung it on the wall. On an excursion through Holmes County in Ohio, one mellow fall afternoon, we followed a winding hilly road into the tiny village of Farmerstown, where we happened on a little clock shop. The proprietor was an orderly, business-like Amish man. He didn't make house calls, so we arranged an appointment for our ailing timepiece. On a return trip, exploratory surgery revealed the damage, rust on the mainspring, analogous to human heart disease, I suppose, and the prognosis, full recovery after surgery and a mainspring transplant. For the first time in years, we parted briefly with the clock and drove quietly away. The man worked his work, and when we retraced our way back the country lanes again, we found our treasure waiting for us in perfect health. With regular winding and good maintenance, it's now more than a sentimental thing of beauty. It's a working clock, and it provides a little company on a cold winter night when you're waiting for your wife to help you warm the bed. In that sweet, warm, relaxing few minutes before you sink into untroubled winter sleep, it occurs to me that some of the most valuable things in life will never yield their best to us and will never know their best without regular maintenance. Since we live in a fallen world, the mainsprings of our lives, our marriages, our relationships need a little review from time to time. Without regular checkups, quiet talks, patient listening, regular consultations of the owner's manual, things are almost certain to wind down and to disappoint. Well, that's the end of the story, but we still have that clock. Not long ago, Lois decided to repurpose the clock or to or to refinish it, and she painted it. It's really a thing of beauty. It's hanging in the kitchen right now. If we remember to wind it, it still keeps time. That's the story from out on Bittersweet Farm, where every day is a beautiful day, and the little light in the kitchen is still on, and if we wound the clock, you can hear it ticking in the night.